Holy crap, Rock Your Business is open for enrollment and I wanted to make sure that you knew about it because, oh my God, every time that I have an enrollment, someone reaches out after going, I didn't hear about it. So I'm just putting this front and center right now. I don't want it to be some sort of slimy, shady, sleazy, sleazy sales pitch. But the reality is, is that Rock Your Business has changed the lives, businesses, and bank accounts of hundreds of beauty professionals, hairstylists, nail tech, lash techs, and beyond. And so I wanted to make sure that you knew that you can enroll for this deep dive mentorship with me as well as get lifetime access to the rock your business resource which i mean holly calls it the hairstylist bible and so go ahead to donbradley.com slash ryb sign up get joined in and let's kick off together with a bang getting your things in order and if you've got questions or you want to talk to someone who's actually been through the program, shoot me a DM over on Instagram at Don Bradley Hair. I want to make sure that you know whether or not this is the right thing for you. I only want the right people in there that are ready to do the work, even if they're a little bit scared, and make a difference and start living the life and having the business they've always hoped and dreamed for. So if you're ready to earn six figures stress-free, kick the anxiety, the people-pleasing, the nervous sweats to the curb, just know that I would love to have you there. DonBradley.com slash RYB. Sign up. Enrollment closes soon, and I do not want you to miss out. All right, let's dive into the podcast. Good morning. Business breakfast in bedhead. My phone's doing this pause due to poor connection thing that it does every once in a while. But I'm so excited because I'm going live with a friend this morning. I just woke up. Oh my gosh, look at my hair. It's been a morning. Well, not been a morning. I can't get moving this morning. But I'm so excited because... <sighs> That's what kind of morning it is. I'm so excited because me and Sarai Spear are going live this morning. And we are going to talk about how to get through anything life throws at you. And this morning life is throwing at me tiredness. My goodness. Good morning. Hi. Hello. Hello. Pause due to poor connection. And I think it usually stops as soon as I go live with someone. So I'm just going to put my phone in my little tripod here. And just oh. go for the bus. Yeah. I don't know why. It's like my internet or something. I don't know. It's like. I don't know. Rude. Yeah. Rude. Okay. Dude. Life has thrown both of us a lot of stuff over the years. Yeah understatement of the century yeah <laughs> and sometimes it really doesn't feel fair and before we get into it i know we've got a lot of people here i just want to say good morning and welcome to everyone and remind everyone that when i go live and i know sarai's the same thing that we want this to be a safe space and a judgment-free zone where we can all show up real raw honest and vulnerable so if you're willing to keep this a safe judgment-free zone can you put a one in the chat for us that way you show everyone else in the room here that you're a safe person to be around because we're going to be talking about things that are hard to talk about sometimes. And I know for myself, like it doesn't necessarily get easier. You just practice it. And knowing that you guys are safe people to be around makes a big difference. So we got Molly Jean. We've got Modern Beauty Marketing. Yay. Same one. Sassy. Okay. Oh, Lewis, quiet. Look at all these ones. Okay. Yeah, I love this. I love seeing all these ones this morning. Yeah. This guy, he's saying me too. <laughs> he says one, mom, yeah. one. One, one, one. And I want you guys to know that when you put a one, you're not only showing everybody else in this room you're a safe person to be around, but you're showing yourself that inner critic, that voice in your head, kick it to the curb and say, it doesn't get to have a seat at the table today because we're going to just be real and honest. I love all these ones. Okay. So because I'm just getting up, I'm having to take my dog outside to the bathroom. You guys are getting to see the morning routine here. 
But Sarai, when was the first time that you felt like, hey, this feels really unfair that this is happening to me? Oh, I mean, how much time do we have? <laughs> I mean, honestly, I think I have felt that way for a majority of my life. You know, we all have stuff. We all have hardships that we've gone through. We've all had these situations where you're like, why me? Like, are you kidding me? Why me? Mm -hmm. and it's really easy to stay in that victim mentality in that space of judgment and like, it's not fair. And I stayed there for, for decades, probably too long if I'm being honest, but like, I can, like, I can look back and think, you know, losing my business, losing my house, losing my car, you know, like all of these things that have happened in my life, I could say, well, it's not fair. It's not right. It's not fair. I'm the victim, which all of those things happened because of choices that I made. And regardless if something happens to you because of choice that you've made or something happens to you, we do have choices and how we move forward through it. So we can blame ourselves. We can blame other people. We can blame the universe or we can accept these things. And I'm not saying that you have to fucking be happy with them. Yeah. What I'm saying is that we can say, okay, you know what? This totally sucks right now. This situation is awful. However, how I choose to respond to it, that is what is in my control. And when we're able to make that differentiation, mm -hmm. that's mm -hmm. when we start to see those shifts. And we go from playing the victim to being an empowered participant in our own life. And yeah. that is where the magic happens. Yeah, and I always like to say, I love that so much because it's like exactly how like we can't control what happens to us. And sometimes we are a victim of other people's choices, of other people's fight against themselves and what happens to us. And I want you guys to know that you that are here, like it's not fair. Yeah. Oh, look at, yeah. hello Walter. Oh, my baby, hi he, baby. He gets up a little bit later than everybody else in this house. <laughs> And so I want you all to know that it does, it is not fair what has happened to you, what you've had to go through and the things you've had to endure. Sometimes we have things that happen to us that are because of our own choices. And sometimes we have things that happen to us that have nothing to do with anything that we've ever done. And it's not fair. And I don't know, there's this like, I disagree with some ideologies of like, everything that happens in your life, you've attracted somehow. Yeah, I completely disagree with that. I think that can be true but I don't think it necessarily is true for every circumstances. And my favorite analogy is that if you're sitting at a red light in your car and someone comes up and rear ends you, that's not your fault. Right. But if your car's not drivable, you're not going to just like sit at home and be like, well, it wasn't my fault that they hit my car. They should come and fix it. Mm -hmm. I mean, you could, you absolutely could do that and you'll never be able to drive anywhere and you'll become <laughs> bitter and you'll become angry. And you'll be on principle and I'm like a very principled person. So it gets, it's really hard for me sometimes. I'm like, they, it's not my fault. They should be the one. But the reality is, and I say this with so much love and compassion to everyone, only you can take responsibility for your life. Yep. And it sucks and it's not fair that you have to take responsibility for things that weren't your fault. Yep. But what are you going to do otherwise? Yeah. You can sit here, you can complain, you can become bitter, you can become angry. And I mean, I should 
shared a reel the other day of all the things that have happened in my life over my career. And as I was writing them out like year by year, I was like, oh, oh God, like, wow. And then I was like, holy fuck, look what I, like, look where I am. Look at the attitude I choose to have still. Like yeah. it's, it's so easy. And I'm curious how you navigate through it because we've both been through shit and we could easily and justifiably be really angry, bitter, oh. upset people. Yeah. Why, why do you choose not to be and how do you stay happy? And also mm. any of you guys that are here right now, there's this little arrow up here by the live, tap that, make sure you give Soraya a follow if you're not already. Mm -hmm. And just, yeah. Thanks friends. Let's have a good, have a good chat. I always forget about that. Part <laughs> when Wait, hold on. So what were your questions again? Sorry, you no. know, ADHD. Yeah, what were they? How do you choose, why do you choose not to be angry and bitter? Okay. And how do you choose to stay positive? So I stayed bitter and angry for a big portion of my life. And it's really interesting. A couple years ago, people would make comments on like my reels or something and be like, you know, you're so aggressive and you're so angry. And I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, <laughs> I don't, I don't, I'm not angry. Get it. I'm not angry, bitch. Like, <laughs> but now looking back and sort of watching my progress as I'm on this healing journey, I can see this sort of chip that I had on my shoulder that I didn't really realize until I started going to therapy and really working on my shit and talking things out. Like, I just was very, very bitter about choices in my life, about things that have happened, about situations, you know, not thinking I'm not where I should be, or if this happened, I would be X, Y, and Z. So, you know, for me, my clarity started to come when I went to therapy and being able to talk things out and not just talk therapy, but you know, cognitive behavioral therapy, being able to reframe thoughts or as people call it, that mindset mm -hmm. shift. And I remember asking my mom as a kid, my mom was always like Mary Poppins, sunshine and rainbows. And it drove me crazy because I was like pessimistic Polly. I was, the glass is empty. It's not even half empty or half full. The glass is empty and you suck. That was my mentality. <laughs> and so I remember asking my mom, one day I said, why, how are you always so happy, mom? Like, I, I don't understand it. And my mom said, happiness is a choice. And I remember looking at her and going, oh, whatever, you clearly don't understand the question. And all these years later, it stuck with me. And I'm like, you know what? When you start diving into this, again, you have two choices in a situation. So life is unfair, things are happening to you you can absolutely dive into that and be like you're right this isn't fair this sucks you suck you suck i'm gonna i'm gonna live in my world of sucky or you can say yeah this sucks ass dude but you know what i'm gonna choose to look at things differently so when i started being able to you know we're all zoomed in a thousand times on our own life so every mistake we make is magnified and we think people are going to think i'm stupid or judge me they don't give a fuck. they're too busy living in their own world so we're zoomed in a thousand times on our life so when you can take yourself up and give yourself a bird's eye view you really get some perspective and you can see things clearly so for me therapy absolute therapy 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 is my jam i would not be where i am without therapy but 
therapy only goes so far. If you don't actually implement what you've learned in those sessions, you're not going to thrive. Yeah. And take note, therapy is not someone give, fixing no. you or doing work for no. you. Oh, it's you having to look inward. And if you're not willing to get honest with your therapist, mm -hmm. it's not going to work. No. And like, for me, I know I kind of held back things from my therapist because I was afraid of judgment. I was afraid I was going to get punished, if you will, or mm -hmm. reprimanded. And so when I finally thought, Sarai, you're paying a stranger who went to school for this to help you, Mm -hmm. But you're not being honest. You're not giving your 110 when you're here. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of unfair. And so when I started really just being like, here it is, let's work through these things. And I started getting tools and utilizing those tools in my mm -hmm. everyday life. That's when I started to see changes. I, I want to say to anybody who's listening that thinks that like going to therapy is the cure-all. No, 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 no friend. And going once or twice, no, yeah, please. It no. takes like years. 10 sessions to build that rapport <laughs> with someone. Yes. And to get and to the, cause it's not what's happening right now. It's like something underneath there inside of yourself. And it's not that this person isn't being this way for me. It's that I have a wound mm. that isn't healed that this mm -hmm. situation is triggering. Yeah. But unless you're willing, hi Jess, unless you're willing to be honest with yourself. I mean, I'm, re I'm not recently, but like I ended a relationship last year, but recently found out that he'd been lying to me for the entirety of it. And I remember saying like, does your therapist know this? And he's like, no. And I was like, you can't, you can't bypass therapy. Yeah. 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 It's tough. And also going to therapy is one thing but taking those tools and actually integrating them into your life, it doesn't happen overnight. I mean, so, you've been on a healing journey for a bit. I've been on a healing journey for a bit. I mean, I feel like it will be forever and ever, mm -hmm. but you know, utilizing those tools. So for me, a big part of my underlying shit, I guess, my healing mm -hmm. is I've always felt like a piece of garbage. I've always felt worthless not good enough, not pretty enough, smart enough, whatever it is, insert whatever you want, not enough. And yeah. so for me, things like, I actually have them right here. I write my own affirmation cards. I meditate in the morning. I read books. Like right now, I'm actually reading The Four Agreements, which is a fantastic book one of my and favorites it, it's so good and it you know last night I, I started it again for the 17th time and it was talking about like the judge and the victim kind of going into what we were talking about and we have choices every day we have choices every moment of every day yep. to continue on the path we're going or to change this one thought so I'm sitting here having a conversation with you and my brain says you don't know what you're talking about. You're stupid, Sarai. And that's actually why I put these affirmation cards. Because I need to just hold them. Listen, I am grateful for the wisdom gained from past experiences. So for me, having these tools, and they are all over my house. I have affirmation cards in my car, in my bathroom, in my office. 
Yes, I have I have coping skills on my refrigerator. I have my I am. Yep. Did I send you one of these yet? No. Oh my gosh, how did I not give you one? And then you have a white one. Yeah, I have and then I have up here like your thoughts are not your reality. Yeah. Yep. Um, but I have this little I am decal, as you guys would say in the States. Then you take a pen and, and use it. Yeah. But it, yeah, and so it's little tools sure. that you have to make the effort and make the choice yep. to utilize because yep. you can go to therapy you know three times a week for the rest of your life and if you're not integrating what you're learning you're literally mm -hmm. wasting their time and your money yeah and if you're not willing to look at you it's not about fixing everyone or everything around you and like why does this stuff keep happening to me mm -hmm. it's learning how to be like and and so when you said the i am enough i had an epiphany yesterday on my walk with my dogs because i've the i am enough i'm more than enough has always been a thing and i had this moment of going i am enough for what or for whom and i was like wait a minute this isn't the i am enough doesn't resound with me anymore i'm not saying it's bad or wrong because to me, it still feels like I'm trying to live up for something or someone else. And I was like, no, 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 no. This isn't what this is about. And I, whoa, someone just like walked by that looked like somebody else. And I was <laughs> hard and ADHD there. But I realized I have to change it to I am whole. Mm, I love this. Because I don't want to be enough for some sort of measurement. Yeah. Like yeah. that's enough. It's not a measurement. I am a whole being. I am whole and complete. Mm -hmm. And realizing that a lot of times I have felt like I need to attach myself to something, someone in order to feel like enough. Yeah. And not even, or like attach myself to an identity, an sure. ideology, mm -hmm. a thought way, a belief system. Like I'm not just talking about like people. Well, I, I mean, I think that a lot of us can identify with that. I mean, look at look at how we're raised. You know, look at the society and the cultures that we're brought up in. We are, we have to be, you know, all of these things to everybody. But what we're not taught is like, how do you, how are you enough for you? in this moment at this time throughout your life and these changes that you're going to go through and you know one of the things that i've always said is at the end of the day i am guaranteed to go to bed and wake up with one person for the rest of my life and i love my husband and we've been married for almost 11 years wow. but that's not who i'm talking about i'm mm. talking about myself yeah. And so if I can lay my head on my pillow at night and I can wake up in the morning and be okay and continue moving forward, I don't need anybody else's approval. We think that we do, but we don't. And people are busy living in their own damn head anyway. And if they approve of you or Just, just a little, hey, you paused. Uh, it was like, <laughs> your time for Instagram is up for the day and I need to turn that off. Oh, it's like you can rude. put time limits on your phone and then I forget that I've got that. <laughs> <laughs> He's like really enjoying this scratch. <laughs> oh, baby. You know, one of the things, Dawn, that I know you have started to integrate and I am doing it as well. We 
you're starting with breath work, like doing breath work for you, your cold plunge for me, meditation. I know we've both kind of gotten into card pulls and I know that has helped me immensely being able to just have those moments that are truly for yourself, for nobody else, but for yourself in the morning or whenever you choose to do like find a contemplation practice that slows everything down and it doesn't have to be anything we do, but what I've been, what I've done and am and continuing to do, cause I'm actually feeling a little anxious this morning. And I was telling you like, I had a workout, but then like last night I was laying in bed, not being able to fall asleep. And I'm like, I'm not going to be able to get to a 6am workout. So at 1230 last night, when I was tossing and turning, I was like, forget this, I'm canceling it, struggling to get up. And normally I get up, I, I move my body, I do a cold plunge, I have my coffee and that routine's off this morning. And so mm-hmm. my body's like feeling a little out of it, but the cold plunge and the breath work have completely healed my nervous system and when unexpected expected things happen that normally would have thrown me off and put me into fight or flight and this frenzy and my emotions been all over the place and like logically i would have been like why am i reacting this way but like my body wouldn't be able to stop that's really changed and that's especially with dealing with clients or dealing with staff or dealing with anything that where it's like i don't i like i used to emotional discount or i would avoid following through on policies because i wanted to avoid an unpredictable situation it yep. wasn't about giving them a deal. It wasn't about giving, being compassionate. I was terrified of an unpredictable situation that I wouldn't be able to control my nervous system in. Mm. Mm. And, and healing your nervous system, I think a majority of people who have experienced any sort of trauma, whether it is a big T or it is a small T, I think a majority of our population mm-hmm. currently in 2023 lives in a state of heightened existence, a state of fight oh, or flight, right? 100%. Yeah. So what was meant to protect us in the caveman days, our fight or flight now is when your text pops up, when you get an email and you go, and you don't even know, but like you can't breathe. And so then you're irritated. And these practices that we're talking about, the breath work, even journaling, meditations, just sitting for five minutes, cold plunges, breath work, all of that stuff literally is like a pause on the entire world for you to bring your nervous system back to where it likes to operate, which is not in fight or flight. Totally. And I like to use this example and it's actually happened twice at the dog park because Lewis is a German shepherd and I call it breedists. People assume he's aggressive because he's a German shepherd. And I've had twice now that people have gotten really angry at me. And the most recent one was at the dog park. This little dog started trying to play with Lewis and Walter and Lewis, when he doesn't have a ball in his mouth, bears his teeth when he plays. So I get it. That would freak me the fuck out too if I had a little dog. And so he started chasing this little dog, baring his teeth, and they freaked out. And I was calm because I know that he's never hurt another dog. He's not aggressive and he's never bit another dog, but never say never. So the girl's like, oh my God, and like freaking out. And then she's like, get your dog off my dog. And I was like, Lewis, come here. And then he came and he sat beside me. And she's like, you need to get him on a leash. You should not be at the park. Like just ripping into me and passed on would have been like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. Is everything okay? Like, what can I do? And like panicky and feeling terrible and feeling at fault. Because one thing that I've felt, and I'm not saying this has necessarily been the truth, but what it's felt like is that I've gotten blamed for a lot of things. 
I'm not saying other people have blamed me, right. but what I've experienced is feeling like I've been blamed. Mm -hmm. And there's a difference between, you can see how I'm taking ownership right. of how I feel. And so I stayed calm and I said, please check your dog and let me know everything's okay. And she just kept ripping into me. And then I like had him like far away sitting next to me. And then I was like, I'm happy to give you my phone number. But what I found is when someone else is in fight or flight and their nervous system isn't regulated, it's really freaking triggering when someone's yeah. calm. Yeah. Because when you're panicked and out of control, and I know this from being like having massive panic attacks and not being able to be in control of it. I used to get so angry when other people yeah. weren't having the same response. How come you're not freaked out? How come you're not upset? How come this isn't like making you go into a panic? Like we need to be in this panic together. And like, even when I ended up in the ER thinking I was dying of a stroke. And I remember telling my boyfriend at the time, like, go get help. And he like sauntered over. I was like, what the fuck? Because I'm like, I'm done. Like what I'm experiencing when you're in panic, when you're in fight or flight, it doesn't matter if the feeling matches the scenario, what you're feeling is real. And that's one thing is like, my therapist taught me is like, does your feeling match the scenario? Mm. And but like healing my nervous system and walking away from those situations, I used to like reel for hours. It would take hours for my body to get back to neutral. Yeah. And I'd have to verbally diarrhea to a friend for hours. <laughs> and then I'd get like, if I was in the wrong, there was one time when I had my dogs at a park that wasn't off leash and they ran up to someone and they didn't hurt them, but it startled them. So it was my fault. They should have been on leash. Passed on would have been like, well, it, yeah, should, they had should have but it's not like they hurt them and i would have been trying to soothe myself with justification of how i was right even though i was wrong but that time i was like you know what i should have had them on leash it scared those people thankfully they're okay and i remember saying to the ladies like is everyone okay and she's like no they're not okay and i was like what can i do to help and she's like nothing now and like just like she and, and understandably like i would say like not, i don't know what percentage i don't know a stat but like i would say in this day and age like most people are walking around with a dysregulated nervous system. Absolutely. And when we have, yeah, when we have our businesses and we're dealing with the public and we're having to deal with them one-on-one, -on -one, so many times I, I talk to people and say like, if you had someone else taking the money from your clients, would you charge differently? Mm. They're like, yes. Ooh. And it's this, yeah. And it's not this fear of them being mean, it's fear of unpredictability and what that's gonna, the feeling it's gonna bring up. Mm -hmm. And so that's why, I mean, right now I have my program, Rock Your Business, open for enrollment. If any of you guys are interested, hit me up. I know you've got ticket sales going on for your retreat to like, you know, get with community. There is so many opportunities to find places of safety and remove yourself from the everyday so that you can, you can start to heal because it's gonna take time and stop being so hard on yourself. It is. It's going to take a lot of time. You know, I want to read something from the four agreements because of what we're talking about. I just, we, with our heightened fight or flight nervous system sort of out of whack, I think a lot of us tend to take things personally, mm -hmm. but this, I underlined it. I'm an underliner in my books. I like write notes and this one just, it hit me so hard. So the, the second agreement is don't take anything personally. Nothing other people do is because of you. Oof. It is because of themselves. Now, we live in our own little egocentric world. And we think, well, this person cut me off because they're an asshole. They, you know, they're having a bad day, whatever it is. Literally, 
nothing has to do with you. All people live in their own dream and their own mind, and they are in a completely different world from the one we live in. When we take something personally, we make the assumption that they know what is in our world, and we try to impose our world on them. So this is a reminder that literally nothing has to do with you. When people are rude, when people are mean, it's their own shit that we literally assume is ours. Like the dog park lady, right? Mm -hmm. You didn't Brit, take that on as your you, own. <laughs> they cut you off because they have to poop. That's what I tell myself. It's funny because I recently had a conversation with someone that I'm assuming was dysregulated and was projecting onto me. And I was like, stay calm. Don't let this affect you. And then something they said was like, they're like, I don't know what you're ever thinking. And I don't know what you're feeling. And realizing like I had this protection bubble. Cause I'm like, I can't take on their emotions right now. And all they wanted was a reaction from me. And mm -hmm. I was doing my best not to react. And then it, I got to a breaking point and I reacted and I'm, but at the same time, sometimes I'm curious because I've been, I'm curious your thoughts on this. I've been working so hard at regulating my nervous system and not reacting, but responding. But also I got in my head that responses are always calm, cool, and collected. Mm -hmm. Do you think there's a time and place for healthy anger? Absolutely. Absolutely. You cannot say one emotion is good and one emotion is bad, right? There's this weird thing where we label, you know, crying is bad or anger is bad or grief is bad. No, I don't know who the fuck came up with this, but no, we just- we There's no bad emotions. There are no such thing as bad emotions. All emotions are valid and necessary. Mm -hmm. Think about a light and dark situation. So if we're, let's talk about hair. We all know you have to have dark in order to make that light pop. Mm -hmm. It's literally the same thing with emotions. You have to experience the full range of your emotions. Now, I think I said this the other day in my stories, like if your neighbor pisses you off, you don't have to go throw plates at their door because you're angry. You can still feel that anger, mm -hmm. be angry, be upset with the situation. It's how you act and how you handle that that mm -hmm. makes all the difference. So feeling things, feel them all, feel the anger, feel the grief, feel the sadness, feel the hurt, feel the betrayal, feel the happiness, feel the joy, feel the love. All of them are valid and necessary. Yeah. I always say experience, express, and validate. So you need to like, you need to stop shaming yourself for feeling what you're feeling. Yes. The feelings are there for a reason, lean into them. Yes. And oftentimes, like I was avoiding feeling last night, I was having like sadness coming up. And I was like, Ooh, I don't I don't want to feel sad. I don't want to feel sad. And then all of a sudden, and then I was like, I kept trying to put on like really, really happy music. And I was like, No, I'm gonna be happy. I'm gonna be happy. I'm joyful. I am thankful, like doing all these things. And then I was like, No, this sadness is coming up for a reason. Mm -hmm. And whatever's coming up needs to get out. And the more we shove things down, the more they will grow and they will start to control us. So then I started journaling and then I started crying and then it was like maybe 90 seconds. I had a big, big old cry, 90 seconds. And then it was through me and out. And oftentimes we're avoiding like two minutes of discomfort. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's it's interesting. I've been I call it a bottler and a runner my whole life. Now I don't mean like physically running because ew. I mean I bottle my emotions and then I run away from situations that make me uncomfortable or that make me confront, let's say, my anger mm -hmm. or my grief mm -hmm. or my sadness. Yeah. And through therapy, through the tools that I've learned, through treatment, I've really come to understand that, like you said, two minutes of crying, of hard sobbing, or I can continue to push those down. Somebody cuts me off in traffic. I say something violent against that person and then my whole day spirals and i'm yelling at my dogs and i'm yelling at my husband and i'm telling the whole world to fuck off yeah and you're like, like where is this coming yeah, from and it never has anything to do with that situation it's that i have done this and i put a cork stopper in there so hard but when you continue to push that down like think about i'm pushing a ball underwater like yeah it's only going to be able to push for so long before it's going to slip out and then it's going to come to the surface and it's going to knock you in the face. Yeah. And realizing, and that's where like not shaming yourself for feeling certain ways. Like if you feel angry, it doesn't need to justify being a certain way. You can feel something without acting on it or finding a healthy outlet. Like for me running as fast as I possibly can on my treadmill so that my brain has to be in the present moment helps me release it. And they say it takes about 20 minutes sometimes to flush something like an emotion through your body where like sometimes feeling it fully takes like 90 seconds, like being sad, but getting it to fully move out of your body. I don't know what science it was, but it was like 20 minutes. So like go for a walk. Don't scroll on your phone. That is not relaxing. We think it is, but you need to relax your brain. Yeah. And sometimes moving your body helps your brain. And I think what a big thing that's happening is that people are like, I'm so exhausted, I'm gonna lay down and we scroll and we're resting our physical body, but we're not resting our brain. Yeah. And your brain is the thing that needs the rest. So put your phone down, put it away and go do something for 20 minutes, bake some cookies, go for a walk, like do something that's gonna get you out of your head and help that pass through. Cause you need to validate your emotions. If you don't validate them, you're telling yourself that you're not allowed to feel them. Yeah. And you're allowed to feel things without acting on them. Yeah. Experience them. Um, what's happening in my body right now really like take a moment to be aware of like where does this come up where am i feeling this why am i running how am i trying to soothe this how am i trying to remove this what kind of am i going to eat a bag of chips <laughs> am i calling uh, a friend to tell me that i don't need to feel this so that they can pull me out of it or can i sit in this right now and i was i saw something where it was who's that british guy russell brand uh -huh. is it russell brand yeah yeah where he was interviewing a guy and the guy's like the discomfort and the pain that we run to addiction like and they were talking about like alcohol drugs and porn and things like that like you're just trying to avoid discomfort and pain so it's understandable people use addiction yeah. we're running away from the pain and the discomfort and so last night i was like there is pain and discomfort and sadness coming up and i was like i don't want this i don't <laughs> feel this I've worked too hard not to feel this anymore. I'm better than this. Like I was getting really Ooh, proud the judge of righteous. Came out hardcore in your little brain. Yeah, I was like, I'm not sad anymore. I'm not sad about this situation. I don't, you know, like. And then I was like, just fucking feel it. And so, like, I gave myself, and then I felt it, and I got through. And it was like a couple minutes, and I was like, oh, okay, my body just needed to release that, yeah. and that's okay. But the pride and the ego that freaking takes over. Holy yeah. cow. Yeah.
because we're so conditioned to believe what others believe um like this rules of society and society tells you feelings are bad or certain things are bad and so then our brain says okay we believe this we've heard it enough that we believe it and no that's so wrong and when we are able to get quiet when we're able to get still and for someone with adhd who is a go 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 human i never thought i would feel stillness mm -hmm. but mm -hmm. through practice lots of practice and me going okay has it been five minutes yet i'm done meditating I said, oh god it's only been three minutes like i get it but being able to be still and really tune into what is it that i'm actually feeling because a lot of times we don't know we don't really truly know until we put our phone down and we just sit or we go for a walk or we like tap into that because you can't heal if you're not feeling it yeah and like yesterday where i'm like i don't want to be sad and then i wasn't validating like sadness is coming up for some reason and that's okay it doesn't mean it's bad it's wrong it doesn't mean i'm attached to a person or a situation anymore my body's just i'm i mean i'm still going through a grieving period yeah. even though, but then i'm like you know like talk, talking about like my past relationship i'm like it was over for so long but like he was still around and so now he's not around anymore. And that's a whole nother level of grieving. Yeah. And I, I, there's no time limit on grieving. Healing no. is not fucking linear. I think we all think, oh, I'm going to deal with this and then I'll move past it and then I'll keep going and move past. No. Yeah. Like in treatment, I thought I had dealt with the, the death of my best friend, Jason, my twin flame, right? Mm -hmm. And I realized like I grieved, but then I shut it down mm -hmm. and I wrapped mm -hmm. it in a box and I taped it up so hard and I tied a brick to it and I sent it to the bottom of my soul. Well, it came up in treatment and for days I was like, nope, nope, not opening it. Nope, nope. And then I started crying and Don, three days, three days I sobbed, I cried, I wrote letters, I said things that I needed to say that I was so afraid. I literally felt like the earth was gonna swallow me whole because of my grief. And I think that's why we don't allow ourselves to feel things. We feel like it's never gonna stop. It's gonna swallow me whole. I'm not gonna be able to move on. The reality is I needed those three days. Yeah. I needed them. And the one because thing I now love, I can uh, move on. Yeah, a lot of times we think like grief will shrink over time. And the analogy I saw is like grief doesn't shrink your life expands around it. So the grief stays the same. And the, it was like a YouTube video. Also look at, I ripped my hand at pole dancing last night. Yeah. It was like, when grief is fresh, it takes up your whole life and it bumps up against the edges. And so you're feeling it all, all the time. And then as your life expands around it, it doesn't bump as often, but it'll still bump up. And I remember, so I was married when I was 26, divorced at 28. In 2011 is when I left my marriage. And I remember being like, I chose to leave. I knew I needed to get out of this. Why am I sad? Mm -hmm. And I was really shaming myself for like, I chose to get out of this. This was unhealthy. I did the right thing. I'm proud of myself. Why am I sad? And I realized I had to grieve the hope of what I thought my future was going to look like. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's a tough one. The, the expectations that we put on ourselves have 
it should be, it could have been. And feeling it, yeah, yeah, and feeling that. I mean, it's really important to feel that. And like, this was how many years ago and you're still crying about it? Well, like, it might like possibly relate to my current situation. Well, and that's, <laughs> but that's good, that's good. And grief is grief. Like you said, grief doesn't go away, it doesn't shrink, it's always there. And like, one grief reminds you of another grief and like, ex like expressing that grief of what could have been. Yeah. I think so many of us don't want to do that. And you need to, it's so healthy. Yeah. And the hope, <clears throat> um, I turned 40 this year and my 40th birthday, I like, didn't, I didn't want to plan anything. I didn't want to do anything. Cause I knew I just wanted to be sad. Ooh. And like, as a little kid, the like hopes and dreams you have of what your life was going to look like. And like, I'm so thankful for the life I have and the life I live. And I don't know where my life will be six months from now or a year from now. I'm taking it day by day right now, but going like, okay, I had some major expectations. I thought I would be a stay at home mom and a wife mm -hmm. at 40. Right. I thought I would have kids like by 25. And so every step along the way i am thankful and like wow look at this life i've created because like i love freedom i've created a career where i can work from anywhere i've created a career where i can help other people better their lives i get to like speak on stages to people which probably is like a little bit of trauma and needing to be seen and validated if there's in there but also like what a honor and a blessing to be able to do what i do connect what i do and use my story to help other people get through theirs and I love being able to travel. I love being able to take my dogs for a walk midday every day. Like I love my life, but there is this grief that's there of like, this isn't what I thought. This isn't what I kind of bought into what I thought my life would look like. And not that I even want it to look like that, but there's still this like deep sadness of, I think fear of like disappointing family, yeah. Yeah. not being who they hoped I would be. And knowing that I know, like, I know that they love me, but there's still that like little dawn in there. That's like, am I worthy? Yeah. And it's like, we, and so many times we talk ourselves out of the feelings. I see people all the time, like, well, I know. And it's like, what you know, and what you know, are two <laughs> very different things. And so stop, stop stopping the experience and the expressing because you're like, well, I know I'm worthy. I know I'm capable. I know it's like, Give that little version of you that doesn't feel worthy some love. Go like pick, like, I remember in therapy visualizing, like picking up like five-year-old Dawn. Ooh, and the, her a the, hug. Yeah, the inner child work always <sighs> gets me. Always I know, and people like, me. you know, I'm like so into it, but I feel like I used to judge it so hard. Oh God, And same. so I'm really cautious about talking about it and I want to navigate it with, compassion and grace so that people who might not be into it or think it's like, Wah. I'm like, I want you to know that like it, it will change your life, but you have to be willing to try it and believe that it will because, and like, that's what I even say about like joining rock your business. I'm like, don't join if you don't think it'll help yeah. because if you don't think something will work, it won't. Whether exactly whether you think you can or you think you can't, you're right. Mm -hmm. So if you've already got this predetermined outcome in your brain, right. don't even waste your money. Don't waste time. Like, Okay, cool. Yeah. Come on. But you know, what's funny. Like, I feel like, so like talking about getting out of an unhealthy relationship and 
I thought it was a really healthy relationship for a long time, but there was like lies and deceit there. And I was really struggling all last year. We separated, but we were still in communication. We had two dogs. Really struggling with feeling like I'm worthy. Like, why would someone cheat and lie on me for 10 years? Like, why? What's wrong with me? Mm. And then yesterday, I was like, I ain't, ain't got nothing to do with me. Yes. <laughs> what the fuck? Yes. I have a prize. Mm -hmm. And, but then, like, I'll get in my head. And I just, I really feel like somebody... I mean, I feel so like hokey saying this, but I'm really tapping into my intuition. Someone who's here right now needs me to share this and hear this is I was like, no, I'm a prize. I am worthy. And then I go, but look at my fucking track record. Mm -hmm. And then I start to go, I'm the common denominator, mm -hmm. but it's because I didn't think I was worthy that I kept choosing situations and scenarios that validated my worst fear. I would date people. I'd married somebody. I then got in a 10 year relationship with someone in the interim, anybody that I saw, didn't respect me and I didn't demand respect. Mm -hmm. And I realized that I am healing a codependency mm -hmm. that I start to think of because of a ideology I bought into growing up that as a woman, I am not whole or complete without a man. Well, I'm, tr I'm trying to find, I read this last night and I read this to my husband and I was like, wow. <clears throat> In your whole life, nobody has ever abused you more than you have abused yourself. And I'm the limit of myself, mm -hmm, the limit of your self abuse is exactly the limit that you'll tolerate from someone else. Oh. oh, when I read that, like literally my whole life flashed before me, all the shitty relationships I put myself in, the people that I dated treated me awful. The abuse, the physical abuse, the mental abuse, because I did not feel worthy of love. And so I chose people in my life to prove that theory to me. Yep. Yeah. And that is a hard realization to come to. Yeah. Is that in the four agreements? Is that in there? Yes, that's in chapter one with be impeccable with your word. So here's the thing, like I'm like learning to be like, I'm gonna be straightforward, be impeccable with your word and be straight up with people and be okay with being rejected if that's the case. And I've recently been like, hey, this is who I am. This is what I'm about. And it's amazing that when, and I teach this like in business, but it applies to life is like, when you tell your clients, like these are my policies and this is the consequence and you're straightforward about it, um, I'm going to pin your comment here. Like not, some people might be like, okay, cool. Not for me, mm -hmm. but then, you know, but the mm -hmm. reality is, is that like you, like when I look back on my past relationships and I had to, I've had to heal my gut and my intuition, yeah. but I'm like, there was red flags. Yeah. The first time I caught my ex lying to me was in 2015 and like hiding things and hiding, talking to other women. And he was remorseful, which was good. But I think back to my intuition and I remember we were in couples therapy a couple of years ago and my therapist said, and, and our therapist said like, if you could go back to that moment, what would you do differently? And I'm like, I would have left. Mm. And yet I still stayed for longer because mm -hmm. one, I was, I had this fear of embarrassment of having another failed relationship. Oh. In 2015, it was like six months after I'd moved to a new city to be in a relationship. And I was embarrassed to end it six months into moving and changing my life. 
and not wanting mm -hmm. to go back home. And so this pride and ego took over and also this like, well, I can fix him. No, thank you. Anymore. I am not going to try to fix anybody. I'm not going to be anyone's therapist. I'm not going to be your coach. Like I think relationships are hard in their work, but it needs to be two people working together and you have to be a whole person on your own. There's something in my eye and wrecked. Yeah. It's just, it's really, really hard. And like realizing that, like, I didn't think because I had been divorced and I came from a belief system that I didn't believe divorce was okay. I thought I was damaged goods. And I thought the kind of man that I wanted to be with wouldn't want to be with me. Mm -hmm. Therefore I unconsciously and subconsciously put up with stuff that I thought, well, this is probably the best I can get. Yeah. And we do that in our businesses as well. Yeah. This is the best, you know what? Clients aren't going to respect me. This is the best I'm going to get. Mm -hmm. I'm not ever going to make any good money. So this is the, as mm -hmm. much as I'm going to make. And what if, and here's the thing I want to challenge everybody with. What if you just started believing differently? And even if nothing changes, at least you try. Yeah. But what if you started going like, I am worthy of respectful clients. Yeah. I am a professional because I'm not saying you make the abuse happen, but you tolerate it because you think you're worth it. Correct. Yeah. Mm, damn, dude. Yeah, sorry. I went off on a, on a tangent there. Don't Am I talking too much about my past relationship? It's just it's still there. But I think, well, I mean, most humans have had relationships. I Everyone's think, had a relationship with somebody, not necessarily romantic. Correct. But, yeah. So it's super relatable. And also, I think you can take it into your business. I think you can take it into your personal life. There's so many, like, this just does this. So much whether you're talking about relationships or business or you know our own healing like it's all a circle and it's all incredibly valid oh my god i just saw this comment what if my dreams came true yeah i love this because this, this is what i do with my students inside of rock your business i'm like okay write down all the what ifs of everything that's bad and now write the opposite and let's go what if the good things happened what if we started we always go to the what if the negative so i freaking love this beauty nook like what if it all went right yeah and i'm realizing like right now being single and 40 weird like not weird feels weird mm -hmm. and then i caught myself yesterday being like well when i'm in a relationship then i will and i was like what <laughs> no and thinking like and i'm a very like hyper independent person which i'm like removing i i actually um, saw this reel or the reel I posted with all my like failures mm -hmm. and it said the person you became to survive the war needs like isn't the person that you need to be now to now that you've won the war and so I did this journal exercise that I want to encourage everyone else to do is write down who you the qualities that you needed to be to survive the shit you went through and then how you what you're getting rid of now that you're a healed person and i don't know i don't have my journal down here mm. but one of them was hyper independence and really being in like a masculine energy mm -hmm. and i realized that like no wonder i was in relationships that didn't work it was because i was like very much like i thought i was being impressive being like one of the guys and being like super independent and like i was emasculating the man i was with mm. And it's okay. You can be like a boss ass bitch and you can be like a, an amazing person business, but like you can still like lean into, for me, my femininity of like the softness. Um, I don't know if that makes sense because I don't like buy into the ideology 110%, but at the same time, like my hyper independence served me when I needed to survive. I had to be hyper independent to get through yep. what I had to go through. Yep. Totally. Same. I mean, I did the same. I was like, and my thing was like, 
I'm going to say fuck you before you can say fuck you to me. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't need you. I don't need anybody. Yep. I've overcome shit on my own. So deuce. I mean, I've been married and divorced three times. Not how I thought my life was going to turn three out. Times. Three times. Divorced three times? I got married at 19, divorced at 21, married two weeks later, divorced five years later, divorced and there was a five-year gap between mm -hmm. that and my husband, Mr. Sheffy Lee. So I, shit hasn't turned out the way I thought it would. And I've had to do a lot of healing like you with that hyper-independence that, and, and I've taken that into my business as well. Like the hyper-independence, oh, if you don't like your hair, fuck you. Like, I'm amazing, why can't you see that? And it's like, my mm -hmm. defense mechanisms are like pew, 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 Yeah, pew, I'm going to reject you before you can reject totally, me. Totally, totally. I'm like working on that, being aware of that. And for me, like you, tapping into that femininity, I'm not, I've never been a girly girl. I've never been, you know, have a lot of girlfriends. I was always hanging with the dudes, which made girls hate me more. Mm -hmm. And so I just kind of let that be my self-fulfilling prophecy. I just kind of leaned into that. And now I'm like, I can be both. Like I'm independent, but I also need people. Like I am feminine and I am strong. Yeah. So it's that yin and that yang. And finding, yes, yes. And Instead like of being allowing like, someone else to be in control. That was a hard, that's a hard one. That's a hard one. Because in the past when someone else has had control, I've gotten hurt, mm -hmm. used or abused. Mm -hmm. And I'm not even just talking about romantic relationships. I'm talking about like business yeah. relationships. Oh. And even I would say, Sarai, like our friendship has been so healing for me. Same. Cause we haven't, I don't, I don't think that we've had any sort of like really big ruptures or misunderstandings with each other, but if, and when it happens, I know we'll talk through it. Me and Brandon, I don't know if he's here right now. We had like a huge misunderstanding on stage in front of 150 people, mm -hmm. which was a thing. And I have his permission to talk about it. And I would love for me and him to talk about it where he thought I was joking. I was being serious. He rolled it his eyes, like playing a bit. I thought he was being disrespectful. And we had this whole like breakdown in front of 150 people in a class at Las Vegas. Mm -hmm. And immediately after I went to him and I was like, I know your intentions were good. Let's talk about this. Let's flush this through. Where passed on would have been like, don't talk about it. Hold a grudge, be yep. annoyed. And it's like his, and even the next day I was like, I should go and apologize to him for embarrassing him. And then my ego goes, Don, you were the one teaching the class. You don't mm -hmm. owe him an apology. He owes you an apology. And I was like, what the fuck? Where? <laughs> no, like be the bigger person. And it's hard to be the bigger person. Not, and not that I was being bigger than him, but like the bigger, be the bigger person than your ego is what I'm saying. Yes. yes. Because your ego wants to keep you safe and wants to keep you right. Mm. And, and that's even like female friendships productive. haven't been safe for me. Uh -huh. Same. And that's where, I mean, you and I talk pretty much every single day in one way, shape or form. And we also like, well, I don't want to, I was gonna say dump on each other, but like, we share, we share, we share and it's yeah. safe and we don't shame. We don't try to fix. We validate each other. We'll push each other. Yeah. And it's really healthy. Yeah. Yeah. It is. And it's, yeah. it, it makes me happy because it, it's taken me 42 years of my life to be able to finally say like, I have solid friendships, mm -hmm. not based off of drinking or fear or partying or pettiness. I have friendships that are deep yeah. and that we will call each other on our bullshit 
And that to me is so sacred and it is so incredibly important because I've genuinely never had that. And I'm so grateful for it. Yeah. Me neither. Like, and it, I mean, I joked at Austin cause we've only been together in person twice and it's yeah. always been at events. And the first one was your first retreat ever. Yeah. So like, you yep. were in it. And the next one I was emceeing an event. So we haven't ever hung out in person just to hang. And I was like, I don't know what to do. <laughs> Hold on. Let's talk to yeah, each other. I was like, even though we're sitting right next to just talk to each other. Phones. Like I don't really, this feels, and like, that's even like, like that, that happened to me recently where I like got, was getting to know somebody over like FaceTime and texting. And then the first time we hung out, I was like, <laughs> like <laughs> I don't know what to do. You're like, re you're in real life in front of me. Now I don't have time to think about my reply. Uh Right? Uh -huh. So funny. <laughs> so, I mean, you and I were, we talked about, we went live and actually, so, oh, there was something that you just said that made me think of something I said yesterday in my live. What were we just saying? Is this Pride a, oh, is this a bad time to share that I have to poop I, so bad right I have now? I poop so bad. I'm like, okay, let like me, sitting let me, here going. Prairie dog in it. I am. I am. <laughs> Anyway, okay, we're gonna end this really quick. It's so funny because me and Sarah usually text each other when we're pooping in the morning. <laughs> but what I was saying yesterday is oftentimes pride and ego are in control when we're being insecure. And we think confident people are full of ego because they exude confidence. But true confidence comes from a place of security where your pride and ego don't take over. But being insecure and being a people pleaser and being overly humble when you're actually bitter and resentful inside is your pride and ego. And so I hate to say this because I know this is tough love with Dawn, but it's your pride and ego that's making you think you're being a good person by taking, the, taking it on by, and the pride and ego isn't from the person who says things straightforward, who rubs you the wrong way because they tell you where they're at. They're the ones that have security in themselves, so they're not controlled by what you think. It's your pride and ego that you're people pleasing, that you're not saying no, that you're letting things happen and then you're getting bitter and resentful because everybody treats you, no, 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 no. That's your pride and ego, friend, and it's so sneaky. Ooh, it's actually yes, it the reverse. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah, Ooh, that was good, girl. So me and Sarah have been talking about doing some collaborative stuff, and I think it's probably going to happen here pretty quick because uh, I'm sorry. Please remove think from that. Okay. Sentence. I was just playing, playing a safe. Okay, <laughs> don't play it safe. I don't want to put any expectation on our friendship. Uh, no, we're going to we're going to be doing some shit together. But like, honestly, Dawn, I'm about to poop my pants. Yeah, and me I don't want to do it on camera. I, I got a poo too. I mean, we could, but that would have be cute. Okay. <laughs> I am Bye. in my bathroom. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast and for tuning into Business Breakfast and Bedhead. Like I said, I would love for you to join me live on these over on Instagram. So once again, just look up Don Bradley Hair and let's connect. Shoot me a DM. Send me a screenshot. Take me in your stories of listening to this or what you took away from this. Those comments, that feedback really makes my day and helps me know that these things are landing and that you want to hear more. I do these lives and I do this podcast for you to help you and your feedback means the world to me. And if you enjoyed this episode, help me spread the love. Share it with a friend, a coworker, family member, or leave a review and make sure you subscribe so that you don't miss out on any future episodes. Thanks so much for being here and we'll see you next time. Until then, friend, stay weird. Welcome back to Business Breakfast and Bedhead. I actually do these live calls on Instagram. I would love for you to come and hang out with me at them. So if you don't already follow me at Don Bradley Hair, D-A-W-N-B-R-A-D-L-E-Y-H-A-I-R, I should have made a song about that, 
go follow me there because then you can take part in these live calls and you can actually chat with me. But if you can't make them, no sweat. Now they're going to be here. So welcome to Business Breakfast and Bedhead. Buckle up, friend, and let's dive in. <laughs> 